Well, hello and welcome everyone to Spotty on Shares, the uh, program where we talk about all things uh, share market, of course, what the big market news today, and of course, we answer your questions. Uh, remember, if you do have a question for one of our guests, you can email it uh, to question at spotty.com.au or text us 0480-079-089. Um, I always advocate going to our website at spotty.com.au to see which guests are coming up in the next episode or the subsequent episodes after that. Um, follow me on uh, Twitter. Twitter or follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and you'll also be kept abreast as to who is appearing. Uh, for example, like today, our chief spotters, the great man himself, the cycle timer, couldn't have picked it more perfectly having you on today, David. It's uh, David Hunt, of course, from the Profit Hunters Group. G'day, David. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. I got you nice and quiet, though. I need you to talk up a little bit. But just uh, for everyone who uh, may not necessarily be uh, familiar with yourself, why don't you tell us a little bit about your investing background and then more importantly, um, how you help uh, clients every day at uh, Profit Hunters. Okay, so my aunt was originally corporate treasury, managing Qantas's uh, foreign exchange exposures and managing exposures for OSAT, which later became for Optus and grew into Optus. Uh, my way, and also my, I then morphed into investment banking, uh, trading for Macquarie Bank, Macquarie Group, and trading on the bank's capital as a proprietary trader. So I could trade any market I wanted on anything and any time frame that I wanted for the bank. It was a lot of fun. I then moved into fun management and then I started to do it for myself and then I started to actually help people trade well and pick markets and pick turns in any markets through from cryptocurrencies through to Australian shares including foreign exchange commodities and international stocks and indices okay. so my style is technical analysis as well yeah, no, keep going, uh, keep going. Uh, but I'll get you just to shut down a few of your browsers if you can, David, because you're uh, uh, just crackling up a little bit. But of course, uh, your up website up. at profithunters.com.au and you've been very generous in the past for making various bits and pieces available to our viewers uh, free of charge for a while. But why don't you tell us a little bit about that service um, and how people can interact with you uh, on that? Okay, so what Profit Hunters does is it allows you to ask me real time in the markets about your own trades and investments. I give uh, profit, what's called Profit Hunter Group trades in markets from cryptocurrencies through uh, foreign exchange, through commodities and Australian shares every day that people ask and that I give as well when I see something coming up. For example, the last week I was selling ANZ, I called a meeting, um, uh, uh, called you uh, Elio uh, immediately and basically uh, so I, I, I warn when markets turn and my, my approach is to be upfront and really on the spot as much as possible as we, as we can to pick the tops and bottoms but stay with the trends when they're happening. At this time of year we're ready to start getting out of the market and I'm just looking at the uh, XAO. I put out a warning on the US share market this morning and I'm putting a warning out on the Australian market this morning. We've reached peak stupidity. Peak stupidity was with Saturday Night Live where uh, our friend uh, and yours, uh, Rocket Man, whatever he's, Elon Musk, <laughs> decided to say that something he'd been pumping up for a long time and manipulating was actually a shield coin. And to me, when people are following people like that who are just plainly manipulating us and believing every lie that we're told, including from the Federal Reserve Chairman, uh, Janet Yellen, 
we are in a lot of trouble. So at the moment, uh, uh, get ready. It won't, it won't really get damaging till uh, early June, but we're ready. We're in the, we're in, uh, we're getting, we're getting ready. And just, I've been selling out of a lot of my portfolios and a lot of, a lot of my shares over the last week or so, and not just including the banks, getting ready for this. Still holding gold stocks, which are getting a little bit more uh, tenuous at the moment. Uh, gold's had a bit of a run, but not really a good run, not, not really a great run. But the old stocks that I have, have had a fantastic run. Actually, it sounds like you've got road noise in the background there, Elio. So yeah. other story is there. So it's your sound as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, with, with me, uh, Profit Hunters is very responsive. I answer within one hour to two hours, sometimes immediately for my members. And uh, it's been working for a lot, quite a while. I have people who trade in uh, Toronto exchanges. I have people who trade uh, stockbrokers who actively trade and trade cryptos. One of my one of my customers saying, "Geez, with crypto moves like this, why bother with you know fifty percent share moves? Just let's just go. Let's just go with the cryptos." Uh, so. Yeah, active traders and investors enjoy what I do, and uh, it's uh, it's uh, from from starters to professionals. Uh, I have the whole gamut. It's really interesting what people come up and want to trade and invest in, and I get to see why they're doing that as well. Okay, so look, it's a great lead into our main topic of the day, David. We did touch on that all-time high yesterday. We did have a bit of a pullback for the, um, oh, we've got one uh, currently going at the moment as we go to air, the XJO uh, down 0.19%. Uh, the uh, All Ordinary is down a little bit more, down 1.32, but um, that's many small cap investors will probably tell you that today. They're having pretty much a, a shocker, as it were. Um, just you sort of alluded to that June period. Why don't we make that um, official and uh, formal? What is your outlook for the uh, XJO moving forward from uh, these current levels? Okay, well, I've been working according to my forecast, and the forecast said the Dow should have topped about the 15th of April, which it did for a while, and then it had a pop-up just recently. Same, same as a lot of the S&P. The trouble has been the NASDAQ. It's been giving us a little bit of a, a, a problem area in that once Joe Biden wokes out the fact that they created him as a president and they have the power to take him away, take it away from him. Then he'll start to try and legislate and create rules to make it more difficult for them. So they're at risk. And Citibank made, I normally don't like Citibank's uh, predictions, but I like this one. They, they said, they actually put out warnings on the NASDAQ stocks, the big stocks like Google. They flashed, they flashed a warning on that the other day. Uh, I am actually with them for a change because it has to be some sort of most people won't speak out about these 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 companies because they're scared of being cancelled and most people are scared sitting there going I know they're controlling what we think and so this is where uh, finally the Democrats will need to come and they are the party of control and they want to make sure they're in control for another couple of seasons right another four years at least so they really need to start getting social media to uh, under the thumb. How they do that, I don't, I don't know, because social media and the billionaires, super class, what was called the system to me in 2003 uh, in Hong Kong, a gentleman told me there's a system, and it's a system of billionaires who know they're above the governments, 
and they control whatever the governments are. It's run by a person's name who will who you'll all be familiar with, who manipulated over the years with the Deutsch, with the Deutschmark and, and the Bundesbank and the pound, all trying to get together. So, so it's a big system, and I think the Democrats will have a go at that, and that's what Citibank's reading in when it puts the warning in. Yeah, well, there's a lot of talk, of course, about you know potentially breaking up these very big businesses because they're more powerful than many nations, uh, in particular those guys going into debt versus these who are uh, doing incredibly well, of course. I do want to uh, touch on other news of today, if I can, uh, David. The uh, next bit coming from um, uh, Borrell, of course, who received a $6.50 offer from Seven Group last night. Uh, today they've come out and uh, categorically said you shouldn't take it. Probably has something to do with the fact that the price was actually the same as the closing price, as it were. Um, it was seen as opportunistic. Uh, many people surprised by the actual uh, offer itself. Um, notwithstanding the fact that um, it didn't do much, the stock is up 1.2% today to $6.58, probably because it's now on the radar just through the uh, disclosure of this uh, particular offer. But if you could just give us some insight in regards to where you think Borrell sits in its current price cycle at the moment, um, even though this might have been just a, a shot over the bow, as it were. Um, obviously, whenever you hear yeah. uh, talk of uh, someone possibly interested in buying you out, um, investors like to get interested. Every week for my members, I, I create a, a thing called bullhorns and bear paws warnings. And these are warnings where things will go up in the, in the, in the nature of the bull and go down in the nature of the bear and we watch them to, for the signs that they start to turn technically. So um, ball came up basically around a $5 mark uh, a few weeks ago, and we were, look, we were looking to buy it. And what it's done now is, sorry, a few months ago, and it's done well, but it's actually just achieving the target. So despite what Borel's management say, I believe you should take the offer in Borel. And we've reached maximum stupidity in the building market, uh, in the building industry. The governments have uh, basically made uh, multi-millionaires out of most builders and most tradies. So there's, it, doesn't, it doesn't help the economy to keep building houses. At the moment, Borel, I think, is maximum. You take the money, or at least still half if you had a good run in it, and then wait for another couple of years and you'll get a good, decent a smash in the building industry and then you can buy some borrel again Jeez, it's aren't you nowhere near the, the the hot last i was laughs <laughs> yeah aren't you a barrel of laughs today uh, David, <laughs> everyone goes down well look one company that has done well apn property group is received to take over offer from dexas um at uh, 0.91 uh, cents uh, why are they doing it well basically they want to buy the funds management arm and we know in many of the good and successful property developers um in or property trusts in recent times that funds management arm has been a big uh, kicker to earnings as well so dex is also bucking the market trend up 0.2 percent at the moment the $10.27 and APN directors suggest that uh, investors should accept the offer. Um, David, I will talk about another business, uh, Pilbara Minerals, PLS uh, uh, is the company. They had a nice lengthy presentation today. I want to talk about it because it's in lithium, as well as the fact that they did say that by 2024, they expect to have 400,000 ounces uh, in terms of production. Uh, which is incredibly pleasing. Uh, the stock, however, is down 4% today to $1.25 after what had been a, a meteoric rise. 
um, buying the uh, the assets uh, next door there of Altura seems to be a, a bit of a winner for them. Um, further uh, to that, they've uh, joined in the uh, uh, joint venture memorandum of understanding, I should say, with Calix um, in regards to carbon capture. We know about lithium. We know all that stuff is lithium. Um, it has been on the nose a little bit in terms of the lithium stocks. Did it re reach peak stupidity a little earlier than what everyone else did, David? What's your view in regards to PLS? Uh, PLS is what I, what I get criticised for calling in a dirty big triangle of confusion. And so I love, I love people when they criticise me for saying that. What it is, is it's, it's actually had a very good run when it peaked back in uh, late last year. And then it's just forming a triangle of confusion in terms of the pattern. If you pull it out back on the monthly charts, you'll see, you'll see that a bit more clearly. So the, the monthly charts are still up. And I really worry about this only below $1. I think it's a buy down to $1.05. And we'll be targeting somewhere towards $1.80 in the, in the longer run. The trend is up on the monthly charts. I can't see a lot of reason to get too bearish on it at the moment, uh, other than maybe for that dip down to $1.05. So yeah, but obviously, I, I don't mind it particularly. Yeah, but obviously what happens with lithium is gonna have a big say there, but it was a very positive update from PLS and uh, they continue along their way of uh, being that um, very strong lithium producer in the not too distant future. All right then, David, time for us to get to uh, everyone's questions now that they've been uh, patiently waiting for. Uh, remember, just remember folks, that we can't take into account your personal objective situations or needs, and therefore, should you wish to discuss uh, with anyone other than your significant other about any of this content, you need to do so with an advisor that's licensed to have that conversation with you. And we have a whole the interest in stocks. We try to uh, remember to disclose that when we talk about them, but sometimes in the cut and thrust of stock discussion, we forget. So um, just uh, feel free to contact us directly if you wish to seek any clarification. Um, profithunters.com.au is David's website if you want to get in contact with him. Uh, David, I want to start with Young Adonis who asked a question um, a few, uh, well, actually last week it was, and we haven't got around to it till now. Interesting little pattern in its uh, price at the moment, so be interested in your insights. Uh, the company in question is Motorcycle Holdings, uh, MTO. And we know that a lot of these guys like V-Moto and the like have done incredibly well on the back of, you know, home deliveries uh, or the food things all, you know, sprouting out all over the uh, world, not just here in Australia. Um, he just would like to know some possible targets should it break out of this little range that it seems to be finding itself in at the moment. Uh, so, uh, yeah, okay. your view on MTO, please, David. MTO, I don't like this below 2 to $0.05. Cents. Uh, on that case, I have a target on the downside towards two dollars and five cents and it's adonis that i know g'day adonis how you doing um so i like i do like it above two dollars and 82 cents and it has a target of up to three dollars and three cents to three dollars and 26 cents and three dollars and 48 cents if you put a gun into my head and said what do you want to do with this i so buy it okay yeah, no, no, it makes sense. <laughs> makes sense. Look, let's talk about another one of those hot sectors that has been off the boil a little bit recently. It's rare earths. Um, obviously, this talk about the US uh, shoring up its strategic uh, minerals and reserves um, has done well for stocks like Linus and the like. Uh, one question that Adam uh, wanted to ask was in regards to rare earths, um, uh, sorry, rare X, um, rare earths limited. So their code is REE. Um, basically, I'll read his question. Obviously, sees the uh, huge demand uh, coming, um, and uh, you know the company seems to go uh, somewhat unnoticed. 
um, even though people like Linus have been doing incredibly well. Uh, just wants to know whether uh, you know RWE could be possibly one of those with its Cummins Range product uh, project. It's actually a stock I've written about for the AFR, but notwithstanding, that's a pretty ugly looking trend. But David, um, in regards to that, because let's face it, we know about the longer term thematics. I mean, they're still not in production at the moment. So in regards to those funny mentals, um, it's not going to really provide all that much guidance here on in, um, other than the potential, of course. But what's your view in regards to uh, RWE's uh, price chart at the moment? Because unfortunately, it just hasn't uh, been caught up in the buying that everyone else had been prior, and now it's copying it on the downside too. It just it can't seem to win. When you look at this on a longer-term scale, i.e. the monthly chart, it's got a very similar chart pattern to Linus itself. And both are having a bit of a pullback from what I can see and one of the charts I've looked lately. Um, so I'd wait for a break above 12 cents or a dip down to 8.5 cents to buy into this with a stop loss below 8 cents, targeting 20 cents. Now from Adam's question, I kind of suspect that he is owning the stock moment. Unfortunately, we can't ask them uh, the, the, the question answer ask us whether they're long or in or out. Yep. If they, if he needs to get out of jail card, which is basically he's, he's owning it and doesn't feel comfortable or is risking too much money, I would try and get it out towards 10.5 cents and maybe 12 cents on the top side before it gets down to that 8.5 cents area. So um, generally with these stocks, people don't really load up. So hopefully it's not too bad on the ownership side. But at the moment, I think you'll see 8.5 to 8.6 cents. Okay, so watch those uh, downward little targets, uh, little targets there. Another one that's been uh, tough in recent times is proteomics from Phil. Um, David uh, just basically said that uh, FDA submission has been delayed due to obviously everyone worrying, being worried about COVID, which has impacted them. The market appears to have smashed the stock as a result. So I suppose uh, some targets with some possible settling uh, might help with Phil's nerves. What's your views in regards to key levels? To watch from here from uh, for PIQ. Okay, it's funny. The FDA hasn't approved any of the COVID vaccines. Um, why should they approve anything else? Um, so I'm looking for 84, 85 cents on side at the moment. Down into that that zone would be kind of nice. 90 cents is possible. Things get better for it above one dollar and fourteen cents, and then we'd be looking towards one dollar and forty cents. So. At, at the moment, it's it's not that bad. There's a bit of volume kicking up on the downside, as you saw, into those moves on the right-hand side of the chart. So 89 to 85 cents would be the area that I, I'd be thinking about picking up. It's going down to an area where I call it a kiss and a cuddle. It needs a bit of a kiss and a cuddle down there, have a rest, and then it can start up again. Now, these stocks are notoriously... Uh, jumpy say aren't they really these sort of stocks yep. you've got uh, mesoblast you know they're, they're at the whim of public servants which is always a terrible thing because a, a public servant will tend to rush in to annoy you and take a long time to please you so i probably just pissed off half the audience but yeah. it doesn't matter so so that, that, that you can't rely on them for anything like a normal process and a quick process when it's good for you. Uh, so at the moment, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'd be staying away until I hit that 84, 85 cents. 
If you're buying in, a longer term stop is below 65 cents and a stop loss is below uh, 70 cents on medium term. So. All right, so you're giving that a bit of uh, air to breathe, as it were, uh, but obviously its uh, price reaction hasn't been all that great. I love it when we get questions, David, that are part stock-related, part education, because it fits nicely into our little education corner. And the question comes from Kevin, soon to be ABC star too, by the way. Um, Kevin just wants to know, uh, look, uh, holding in NAB. Now, let's ignore the company per se, but in essence, he's talking about NAB. And he says, look, I'm close to having a 100% profit on the stock. And he's just wanting to know the concept in regards to taking profits. Or should he just hold on for more growth and, of course, those juicy dividends, which have been reinstated, thank heavens, um, on the back of their uh, latest earnings season. So I'll look talk about NAB in a moment as a business, David. But in regards to the concept of taking profits, because, of course, you know, it's yep. one of the hardest things in investing, they say, is uh, regards to selling. Um, but it seems to be easier to sell a loss than it does to sell a company that's currently doing well. So how do you rationalise that with your clients with regards to taking profits? And, uh, and you know, what do you normally suggest is a good way to go about it? Okay. So what, what I have is targets. So I look for targets and I look for patterns and I look for timing in the markets and cycles. So we know that NAB tends to top in late May, it tends to top now after the dividend's been, uh, been uh, gone ex, been invested, invested for the investors, if you like. Yep. And at the moment, I've been selling out of my NAB and I've been selling out of part of my uh, CBA. And I told Elio when I did it, and I did it at about $92.40. So I did it a little bit early, it's gone up $2 since then. So I feel bad, but I've out of one quarter of my CBA and I've been buying a lot of CBA down in the 60s and 70s area as Elio is aware, because last time, a few, uh, I think it was September, I said, hey, let's buy the banks. And you looked at me and said, that's a weird proposition. <laughs> and so it's no, they did well. So, so did well, everybody should buy the banks now. So I want to get out of some of them. I got out of all of my ANZ. I've got out of about half of my NAB. I've got a bit more to go on it. So what I like to do is to take it when the when this when it's strong, I'll take a part position, one third, one quarter out. And when I what I do then is I trail my stop loss up based on my technicals and my signals and the chart structures, and I give that to my members every second day, Monday, Wednesday, and Monday, and I give them on the big four banks, the top two iron ore producers, I give them on energy stocks, I give them on uh, gold stocks as well, if they're in our PhD trades, and if they ask me about them. So what we do is we do part profit takes, so that at the moment, I don't care if CPA goes to $150 on the quarter that I sold, or one, you know, the, the part that I sold, because I'm still running i'm still making money on it so it's it's okay if it takes out the 85 dollar area i'm gone and i'll wait for 60 bucks back in into into um, june i know they've turned on the turned on the ability to make some money but they've also turned off the ability by the rba to get 0.1 percent borrowings and then lend to very keen in uh, young people for at two percent, so they could borrow a million dollars to buy a house. 
that on their salaries they can never pay back and on the, on the principle and once the interest rates go up they'll be crushed then yeah. their houses will have to be sold and the cycle will start again so we have set up what we saw in the US back in the early 2000s which became this uh, collateral debt obligation issues we're setting that same thing up and uh, you know cycles always repeat so we'll have two bad years 24 20 to 26 uh, probably for the property market then where all the young people buying now will be in tears and they'll say can you forgive my debt and they'll say probably so they may change the way that we run the business but that will affect the, the property market in those years so yes yeah, no, we'll, normal we'll, cycles yeah we'll do that now i will ask you about your two stocks to help us see the light on in a moment but just in regards to nab um, obviously the big story here is the fact that they uh, did double their dividend uh, up to uh, 60 cents um, in this latest, which goes X in two days, folks. So that's towards that peak that David was alluding to, the initial drop-off that occurs after that uh, dividend gets paid. Interestingly, the payout ratio sits around 60%, which is much more better than what it was pre-COVID, uh, whereby we were talking about nosebleed levels, which uh, were bringing into question the sustainability. So yes, your dividend is a little bit less than what it was uh, prior, um, to COVID, but they're far more sustainable at these levels. Notwithstanding that uh, everyone seems awash and kids are buying those homes um, that they're going to die with the debt over their head on, um, the property market continues to remain quite strong. And even though net interest margins across most of the banks did fall slightly, um, just the sheer wash of money saw uh, strong earnings there and hence why we've seen the strong support. Uh, but you didn't need me to tell you that. You've been looking at the price and they've all done incredibly well. All right then, David, time for you to shine the light on two stocks that we're going to sit there and listen attentively to, then do our own research as to whether these stocks align with our own investment objectives and tolerance to risk. So uh, take it away, Maestro. Okay, hang on a tick there, David. Yeah, I think we've just lost your audio there, uh, David. Maybe just have a quick little look there, make sure that uh, it's all switched on and all okay. Um, apologies for that, folks. I don't know what uh, happened there, and I don't want to don't want to rattle off the, in another. So, David, are you there now? Can we try to cross to David and see if we've got his audio? Okay, it looks like something's uh, dropped, unfortunately, in his system there that uh, caused a little bit of an issue. Well, I suppose if you want stocks to shine the light on, there were three I appeared on radio uh, last night on the what used to be the Macquarie Network, but now it's the Nine Network across the country, so 2GB, uh, 3AW um, as well. Um, and uh, yeah, they asked me about stocks about future-proofing, um, those that will be the future leaders of tomorrow, because of course we were talking about the market being at all-time highs. And uh, this idea that, oh, that means it can't go higher. Well, of course it can. We've had all-time highs throughout our history. Back in 1870, we had an all-time high in the market. 1900s, 1910, um, 1920s, and then even after that collapse, we had one in the 1930s. So what happens? Markets do hit all-time highs. The key is about finding the companies that end up being the future leaders of tomorrow rather than necessarily the ones that are just the bellwethers of today. So stocks that I brought to the attention um, of everyone listening included EML Payments, EML. Um, everyone knows my uh, preference in regards to that business and uh, um, what it's done. And the thing I like about it is it is a payment gateway that supports uh, money flow, not only through their existing businesses and the like, but also supporting fintech. 
um, whereby, you know, new things, new ways of purchasing and the like, well, they support the back-end engine. And I'm a big fan of companies that have super highways. Microsoft's done incredibly on the back of it. Amazon, of course, is not selling books anymore. It's all about servers and the super highway. You've got Salesforce doing the same. And in my view, EML's trying to do the same with regards to payments, not only here in Australia, but overseas as well. Another stock, Polynovo, the uh, polymer manufacturer, signing deals all over the globe, of course, uh, getting approvals across the board for their uh, dermal skin repair, for burns and the like. But the thing also is the further um, research that they're doing there in regards to other uh, treatments that that may uh, benefit. Again, future proof will continue going forward. And then Exopharm EX1 using um, uh, the, uh, the exomes from a stem cell, not the stem cell itself, which unfortunately has a lot of problems, the exosome, which is the code, which is so crucial in the field of regenerative medicine. And we know that that's gonna be a leader over the many decades ahead. All right, I think I've got David back online now. So um, I've you given everyone take... three stocks, David, but nonetheless, why don't you tell us your two very, very quickly, if you don't mind, please. Okay, the, big, the one is now uh, Boss Resources. I've taken some profit on, a, on my position in Boss Resources, a part yep. profit. It's now come back down to a 38.2% 30, retracement. It's now sitting on the old tops. So if you want to join in the alleged clean green revolution, uh, Boss Resources is a short-term trade here with but investment stop loss below 15 cents. Yep. So it's a bit of a pickup here. Um, this has been one that has been a fantastic little trader um, as well as an investment. Uh, the other thing is Alligator Resources, AGE. Now I own both of these stocks, so I am biased and I have recommended these to my Profit Hunter Group members. So AGE is also broken up, went to I think about 26 or 20, 2.7 cents, sorry. Uh, it's come back down now and it's sitting on the old tops. So that's a stock that is of um, is of interest down in this area. If you are thinking about those, uh, those uh, clean energy stocks, mm. it's also just signed an agreement with a large US marketing firm for a distribution of its uranium products. So it's getting close to produce, which is always probably a worry when they need to start to go for capital. <laughs> um, but the, on this one, the stop loss should be below 1.9 cents. I've been holding this since, uh, I think, ridiculously low. I can't can't remember how low yeah. it was, but um, the uh, it, it's a it's a it's a good little stock. There's also if you if you've um, been playing the goldies, there's a little bit of a warning for the goldies. The uh, the, the greys I want to warn a little bit about, and uh, uh, SLR I do still own the grey, but I own it from. 14 cents and, and profit from trading around it. So I don't really care where it goes. Um, Silver Lake, Silver Lake needs a little bit of a pullback down to about $1.85. Right. That would be a pick up there with the stop loss below $1.80. That's a great cycle trader. David Hunt, of course, master of uh, improvisation as well. Thank you very much for getting there and giving us your two picks uh, in particular, BOE and AGE. We know what's happened with uranium there. Profithunters.com.au is where people can go to learn more about your services. Is that right, David? Yes, it is. And um, yeah, send me a hi and say hi. You're part of Spotty, and I'd love to see, love to hear from you.
Excellent. We'll uh, definitely do that. Now, tomorrow we've got uh, Ron Shamgar from Tamam Asset Management joining the program. Remember, his specialty is small cap industrials. So no mining stocks and no pre-revenue stocks if you want to get quality answers from uh, young Ron. Uh, question at spotty.com.au or text us 0480-079089. Thanks for your patience, everyone, with a little bit of uh, technical issues there. Until tomorrow, I'm Elio D'Amato. You've been watching Spotty and together we've been shining the spotlight on shares.